You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today is July 4th, 2021. And on today's show, we discuss the Nationals' four-game series this weekend against the Dodgers. The Nats get swept, uh, losing all four games this weekend. We discuss the numerous injuries the Nationals have suffered and are dealing with right now, how they're trying to deal with them, and how the results may look and have looked so far as they have dealt with these injuries. All that coming up on today's show. All right, let's get into it. Uh, First of all, I hope everybody is having a good July 4th, had a good July 4th weekend. I have been very busy working, uh, watching both the Nationals and covering college athletics right now because that grind never stops as well. But I hope everybody had a great weekend, uh, July 4th weekend. I know if you're a diehard Nats fan, it probably wasn't as good because of not just the on-field results, um, and I know the injuries on the field too, but actually the status of the players. That is the part that I think really is the most troubling, right? Wins and losses. In a short period of time, you know, don't always mean the most, but what really does is the health of the players long-term sometimes, and that is something the Nationals are dealing with a whole lot of. And I talked the other day after the Nationals uh, won their final game in their previous series about, yeah, Trey Turner birthday, you know, they got to pull him out early and, and, you know, forgot to mention it was because of his finger that has been bothering him. Well, that's where it started. He did not come back. Uh, And Jordy Mercer has been injured as well. So that's kind of where things start. The Nationals were down those two guys from the start. Jan Gomes is also day-to-day as well, just kind of moving backward. Uh, But just kind of go in order here. So Trey Turner is day-to-day. He expects Turner to, uh, Dave Martinez, excuse me, expects Turner to be in the lineup in the middle of next week or the beginning, according to Mark Zuckerman of Mass and Sports. So we'll see at some point in this coming series, we expect him to be back uh, as they take on the Padres. Jan Gomes out of the lineup on Sunday against the Dodgers after getting hit by a pitch in the right forearm on Saturday. Uh, Jesse Doherty of the Washington Post of that, so that's something to keep an eye on today because Trace Barrera was the one doing the catching today. Kyle Finnegan, 10-day IL through a simulated game on Sunday. Uh, we don't really know where he is with that status. Alex Avila, who played second base the other night on the 10-day IL because of uh, straining both of his calves, I believe it was. Then uh, Kyle Schwarber, 10-day IL as well. We saw that on Friday night when he got hurt. He pulled up his hamstring rounding first. They say it's significant. They didn't want to put him on the 60, but they acknowledge it's going to be longer than the 10-day. Then Andrew Stevenson, obviously, he is beginning a rehab, rehab assignment with AAA Rochester uh, today on Sunday as we record this, so hopefully they can get him get him back pretty soon. Strasburg completed a 51-pitch bullpen session on Friday, so we'll see where his health takes him. Steven Fuentes, who has not been up in the major leagues, uh, was recalled from AAA and placed in the 60-day IL, according to uh, Mark Zuckerman, then obviously Jordy Mercer, who I mentioned, was placed on the 10-day IL on Friday with a strained right quad. Mark Zuckerman of Madison Sports also reported that one as well. Daniel Hudson throwing a bullpen session right now. Carter Keeboom was a guy they thought they could bring up, but he is day-to-day right now. And then also Luis Garcia is day-to-day, or I believe, excuse me, not day-to-day, but he's injured as well. So they've got a whole lot going on right now. In terms of the injury department, it's a lot to deal with. And that's just in addition to the guys we talked about, Eric Fetty and um, and Tanner Rainey, both from the IL, Oblique uh, for Tanner Rainey, and then, excuse me, Oblique for Eric Fetty, 
and he was able to play catch from 120 feet. That happening on Tuesday, so we'll see where Eric Fetty, what his status is as we move forward to the Nationals. Like I mentioned, guys, a whole lot of injuries, and that's prompted them to make some moves. So amongst those moves right now, people that you're going to see uh, on the depth chart, they made a move to acquire Alcides Escobar, who used to be a part of the Kansas City Royals. He has not played in a Major League Baseball game uh, since 2018. He did play today, and he did perform very well. Uh, you know, he ends up uh, today having a really nice performance, so uh, you know that's a nice shot in the arm for them, and we'll see how well he does moving forward, but obviously not a guy they intended at any point in time having play, playing for them uh, in a major situation. Yadiel Hernandez and Gerardo Parra obviously are going to be getting a lot of time as well as we kind of move forward, right? You're going to see both of those guys getting reps. Castro's the other guy that can kind of handle shortstop. We'll see where they go with that. Uh, but Trace Barrera right now is the guy who's been called up to assist in that catching role. So a lot of guys right now, you know, if you look at the depth chart, have a, have a 10 next to their name. Huddy's got the 10. Rady's got the 10. Finnegan with the 10. Strasburg with the 10. Gomes a day-to-day. Avila, 10-day IL. Mercer, 10-day IL. Trey Turner, day-to-day. Schwarber, 10-day IL. Um, Andrew Stevenson, 10-day IL. So the Nats are really going through it right now with the injuries. Now, sometimes you just got to perform with the injuries, but the Nationals this weekend ran into a buzzsaw in the form of the Los Angeles Dodgers. They're playing some of their best baseball on the season, and it was really unfortunate the Nats had to hit them right now. Let's get into it. But first, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends, at betonline.ag. You guys know the deal. Betonline.ag is the best place for all of your sports action right now. If you guys go to betonline.ag, use the promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N uh, locked on. When you make your first deposit, you'll get a 50% deposit bonus. So if you deposit 100 bucks, you'll get an extra 50 to play with today at betonline.ag. Betonline, they are your online sports book. Experts. All right, let's get into it right now. So the four-game series that occurred this weekend uh, started off on Thursday night. The Nationals took a 6-2 loss, which was a five-inning game due to weather, and that was a theme this weekend. And things started off pretty well for the Nats. They were able to get on the board early in this game, but not able to hold the lead. It was a Juan Soto single that drove in Kyle Schwarber and... Looking back on this now, you know, thinking about this later on in the weekend, without Schwarber, without Turner, it made me think, okay, what were the numbers for those three guys combined during this stretch? So the numbers for Turner, Soto, and uh, Schwarber, Turner, and Soto in that order when they hit one, two, and three, and uh, just caveat, this is without Turner the last two days uh, because of the injury he's dealing with, but when they've got those guys hitting one, two, and three from June 13th, July 2nd, say those last two days, Schwarber hit 352 and had a on base of 427, 15 homers, 26 runs driven in. Turner, 370, uh, 373 with a, a 432 on base, four homers, 18 runs total. Soto, 314 with a 392 on base, 10 RBIs. In that stretch, the Nats went 14 and 5. And now, you know, obviously they've lost four games in a row, but without that big three in the front, you know, if you take out one of them, that's tough enough. We saw the Nationals when they weren't running this with this one, two, three. Even when Schwarber was in the lineup, but just the latter part of the lineup, they still weren't able to manufacture many runs. Now you take out one of them, and it's difficult. You take out two of those guys, and I know Trey's coming back soon, but 
that makes the task a lot harder for the Nationals, and we saw that take place later on in the weekend. Now, I know the Nats didn't put on a great offensive showing on um, in that game uh, on Thursday night, but they scored two runs in, you know, five innings, right? So they, they only got five innings of offense in, so that, that wasn't really enough for me to fully evaluate them. It was unfortunate that that had to be called a full game at that point, but it was. But the Nats, you know, it looked like they were in, in good shape, and then that five-run fifth inning came. A.J. Pollock had a home run, and then Max Muncie ends up hitting a grand slam that really saw that Nats lead go from six to, uh, you know, from, well, tie ball game to not. Uh, they were up two to one at that point. Um, and for the Nationals, that was really the gut punch because once once the Dodgers team like that gets ahead of you, it's hard to come back. It's also hard to, you know, considering that kind of, um, you know, that kind of evening the Nationals were, were going up against in terms of pitching, right? You had Victor Gonzalez on the mound starting the game uh, for the Dodgers, who's not a guy that's normally a starting pitcher all the time. It's a guy that they've used out of the bullpen. They used, actually used him twice. Uh, he threw two-thirds of the inning, and they brought him out of the game. Then they ended up bringing in Phil Bickford uh, into the game. And all these guys have had good years, including Tony Gonsolin, who threw the most out of everybody. But the Dodgers pieced it together, and against that kind of rotation or kind of that kind of pitching lineup, you think you can do some good, and the Nationals did not do enough um, to put themselves in a good position. And obviously, after that, you know, th- that was all she wrote with, with the weather. Patrick Corbin, a rougher night, four and two-thirds innings, eight hits, six runs, five earned, one walk, two Ks, and two home runs allowed. Um, it looked like he was doing okay. He was hanging in there, but then he ran into the trouble in that sixth inning. And that seems like it's one of the MOs of Patrick Corbin is that he'll do well, and then he'll just have that blow-up inning. And we talked about the consistency right now just not getting it from Nats pitching. And this was another example of that. Uh, you know, just a, a really difficult night. The Nationals lose. And this, these were all difficult nights. They lose 6-2. to Fast forward to the game that took place on Friday. It was a 10-5 to contest. This one was back and forth. You got a start from Max Scherzer. Now, if I told you the Nats lost 10-5 to if Max Scherzer pitched, you probably thought, oh, well, he got shelled. No, Max was six innings, four hits, one earned run, eight Ks, and it came off the home run. And, and I have been critical of Max Scherzer for giving up the long ball this year. This was not the case. This was not, uh, you know, it's not been the case, rather, this year that the long ball has really tormented him. It is not. And so he gave them a really good outing. Julio Urias picks up the win, his 10th of the season, six innings, three hits, three runs, one earned, uh, three walks, and three Ks for Urias. But it was really the, the Nats' bullpen that did them in. Sam Clay... Austin Voth, and uh, Kyle Lobstein, who has just come up and has been absolutely atrocious, uh, if we're being you know, completely honest about uh, how he's pitched this year. I know it's you know, kind of rude to say, but let's be, let's be frank about it. This year, Kyle Lobstein has thrown three innings, or uh, excuse me, a full inning for the Nationals, and against the Dodgers, he was uh, two runs on uh, two hits, gave up a home run as well, and then the previous outing, he gave up a run and in the third of an inning, so... Uh, small sample size, but for Kyle Lobstein right now, the ERA sits at 20.25, so it has not been a fun endeavor for him. Uh, the, the bullpen was was atrocious. They absolutely did not pick up their starting pitcher. And one guy I did forget to mention uh, it was Humberto Arteaga, who played shortstop for the Nats. And guys like him were trying to fill you know fill in. This is the game that saw Kyle Schwarber leave the game on Friday night. Look, the offense was actually pretty decent uh, in this game. Um, you know, if you score five runs in a game where, where uh, Julio Urias starts, you probably feel, you know, 
pretty solid about how your team, especially and Max Scherzer was starting for you, you might feel pretty good about your chances. And look, the Nats were able to score off an error early, and then uh, Humberto Arteaga hit a hit a sack fly. The Nats were up 3-0, but then Justin Turner struck back with a home run, and then a eight or nine run rather seventh inning that included Albert Pujols reaching on an infield single, Mookie Betts singling, Max Muncie singling, uh, Chris Taylor singling, and then AJ Pollock with a 400 foot. Uh, two-run shot. Ryan Zerman responds, able to get the Nats a little bit back into it. And then the sixth, Josh Bell score on the error. They did bring Jan Gomes up to the plate with the bases loaded, but were not able to deliver in that spot. And look, that's that's kind of the story here, is that uh, the Dodgers are just a better baseball team than the Washington Nationals are. They are right now. Even the Nationals haven't had a chance to really uh, get that full-strength team out there. And they were playing you know good baseball. But the Nationals... They need to be full strength to even have a chance at the Dodgers, and uh, they couldn't muster up a full strength team this weekend. So, you know, you can read into part of it. I mean, I, I do think there's something to say here is like, look, the Nats did get the better of the Dodgers in the last playoffs, uh, the last time that these two teams met. But now the Dodgers are a totally different monster. They've got the experience of winning an albeit shortened season championship, but they still have that championship experience regardless. And you cannot ignore that fact. And they look like a team that's swaggering right now. Uh, and they've really catapulted themselves up into the top of the division. At least they're tied uh, as it as it sits right now. I think they've pulled ahead by a half game. The Giants still have to play later on. All right, then we go to Saturday. This one is a 5-3 to three game. Still rain involved in this one. Paulo Espino starts, gives them four and a third innings. Three hits, three earned runs, two, uh, three walks, and two Ks. That's a good enough performance. You know, this game was tied 3-3. Three to three. Clayton Kershaw, four innings, uh, three hits, three earned runs, one walk and three Ks. His day was shortened by the rain, so he was not able to continue going. But the bullpen did a great job. The rest of the way, their bullpen ends up giving two to, uh, three, to, three total hits, does not give up any runs, and shuts the door. And that was not the case, the case for the Nationals. Wander Suero takes the loss. He gives up a, a, a run in an inning and a third. And then also Kyle McGowan later on in the game gives up a run, too. The Nationals had to use a lot of their arms uh, in this game. But look, the Nats offense, they tried their best. They evened uh, this game in the third when it was 3-3. Three to three. Jan Gomes had a three-run shot that tied it up, and it felt like the Nationals were saying game on. But the Dodgers came back in the sixth. A.J. Pollock scores uh, a run on an infield single, and then Chris Taylor singles to left in the top of the ninth to make this thing 5-3. to three. And At that point, it felt like it was out of the Nationals' reach, or it was out of the Nationals' reach. They were not able to generate any offense coming out of that rain delay. Absolutely anemic coming off of that. And then uh, you fast forward to today on Sunday, a 5-1 to one game in which I thought Joe Ross pitched very well. The Nationals end up getting a really strong outing from Joe Ross. Seven innings, or excuse me, six and two-third innings, seven hits, three earned runs, 11 Ks. And the one run he gave up first was off a solo shot. Looked like the Dodgers began picking up that fastball a little bit better. They had to kind of adjust off that. You know, he struck out the side to begin the game, so he had to make an adjustment off that. The Nats had to bring in Brad Hand early, and he gave up a hit, which uh, drove in the final run in Joe Ross's three runs. Then they went to Wander Suero, who got absolutely torched again uh, in a third of an inning, three hits, two earned runs, so difficult for him. And then uh, Andres Machado came in, and he was able to pitch a clean two-thirds of an inning, so he was able to do that. But the Nationals' offense was not there they drove in a run early, but look, listen to this lineup today. Josh Harrison, Juan Soto, 
Starlin Castro, Josh Bell, Yadiel Hernandez, uh, Alcides Escobar, who went three for four, Victor Robles, um, Trace Barrera, and Joe Ross, and then Guardo Parra pinch hit as well. The Nationals, you know, this is not a team that we're a group that we're accustomed to seeing. They lose, they leave seven guys on base. They're one for five with runners in scoring position. So look, they got some decent offensive performances today. Um, Juan Soto goes one for three. Castro goes two for four. Josh Bell one for three. Escobar, as I mentioned, he goes three for four in the game too. But look, they they had a rough go of it today, and it feels like this entire series and the offense saved that game where they scored five runs had a rough go of it. And uh, they were able to take the 1-0 lead in the third, but the top of the fourth, Matt Beatty goes deep, makes this thing a uh, tie ball game. And then from there, the Nationals offense completely shut down. Albert Pujols in the seventh singled to left to score Gavin Lux. Max Muncy doubled in to score Tony Gonsolin, who got on, got on the base paths. And then Max Muncy doubled to deep center to score Gavin Lux and Barnes uh, as well to make it 5-1 to one in the Nationals at that point. You know, once again, the anemic offense did not help them at all. So that's just kind of a recap of what happened this weekend. Um, you know, just kind of running through all of it. Like, you know, I tried to overreact to some of these games, and the Nationals have been playing so well lately. But I had said before this stretch was going to kind of reveal the Nationals were. Not really, because they're not at full strength. Like, we've seen this team, once once they become kind of the freight train and get themselves going downhill, they, and they find their best lineup, they're really tough to stop, even despite those injuries they've had on the pitching side, they can be, but this team is—it's not as deep as other championship teams, or as, excuse me, as other teams are in the league, and that might see them not win a championship because, or even a division championship, for that matter. I feel like the Nationals were kind of creeping towards that, and that is because they just lack the depth. It really feels like they lack the depth in a meaningful way right now. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll kind of look at where the Nationals are in terms of the division, what they've got coming up, and preview what's coming up on the podcast this week. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar in the game today. Go to BuiltBar.com to uh, see all of their flavors. Nine flavors they've got available right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 at your next purchase, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, for 15% off on your next purchase at BuiltBar.com. All right, so right now the Washington Nationals are 40-42 and 42 at the 82-game mark. They just passed, obviously, the halfway point. They've got 80 games remaining in this season. They are currently, as I said, 40-42. and 42. They are in third place as it sits right now in the National League Eastern Division. The Mets are uh, four and a half games up, and then the Braves are four back of the Mets, the Phillies are five games back, and the Marlins are nine and a half back. The Nats have now lost four consecutive games. They are 24 and 22 at home. They are 16 and 20 on the road. And that is worth uh, mentioning because now they go on the road to face the San Diego Padres for four games, who are 30 and 15 this season at home. Uh, they are one of two teams in that division that has won 30 games at home, the other one being the Colorado Rockies. And they are one of three teams across the league to have 30-plus wins at home. So, I mean, a 66, uh, 66.6, whatever it is, repeating, winning percentage in your home games, that will play for them. They're around 500 on the road, but still, when you're that good at home, that's going to put you in a pretty good position. And as I mentioned now, uh, correcting myself from earlier, the Dodgers are right now tied at first place. But the Padres, four back in their division, still in command of one of those wild card spots, and they need to get themselves 
in gear if they want to make sure they stay within striking distance of the Dodgers this season. Now, the Nationals and the Padres have not met this year. This is the first time these two teams are going to meet, so hopefully the Nationals can do a bit better against San Diego as opposed to what they did against the Dodgers. But for them, they've got to see how quickly they can get these guys back. I mean, I'm not, you know, some people have criticized this podcast of saying, what you know, not always offering a lot of analysis. I'm not sure what analysis you all wanted, you know, you would want from this weekend, right? Paulo Espino is not supposed to be in the starting rotation. So if he gives up three runs in four and third innings and matches Clayton Kershaw, besides saying that that's the best you could ask for, what else are you going to say? Because Paulo Espino is not supposed to be there. Yeah, he is. That's what the Nationals have to deal with. But there's really not a whole, a whole lot of bold proclamations that you can make. And same thing goes for Joe Ross. Look, he struck out 11 guys for the first time in a few years today against the Dodgers, against a really good lineup. And look, yeah, sure, he got tagged for what ended up being three runs, but that should be enough in seven innings to be competitive in the game. Of course, another game where the, uh, the Dodgers used five pitchers in the first five innings. This was a bullpen day for the Dodgers, and the Nationals did not get to them. Well, Why is that? Because Look, I know Alcides Escobar was three for four, but it's Alcides Escobar. Josh Harrison's not supposed to be leading off. Gerardo Parra is not supposed to be playing every single day. They should not have a guy like Yadiel Hernandez in the lineup, you know, in that position. They should not be hitting Stalin Castro fourth, despite the fact that he had a nice day. All of these things are contributing factors, and also the fact they can't turn to their big bullpen arms. Think about Dave Martinez's favorite relievers. Who are they? It's going to be Brad Hand, obviously, Kyle Finnegan, Daniel Hudson, and Tanner Rainey. Three of those four are not available right now. That makes the job a lot harder when you're using guys like Sam Clay and Austin Voth. Uh, and, and, you know, Paul Espino has gotten a save in the last couple weeks, right? When those guys are coming in spots where you're not supposed to have them, sure, you can pull off some wins, but it comes to the big dogs, teams like the Dodgers, who are an absolute roll right now, you're going to get steamrolled. You're going to get steamrolled if you don't have your best guys, your best guys aren't ready to go. I mean, even if the Nationals had their top three, even if they had a, a full rotation, it's still a dogfight against this Dodgers team that has now won nine straight games, uh, which is the best streak in baseball right now after the loss that we saw uh, by the Brewers today against the Pirates. So, you know, the Nationals went up against the buzzsaw today, and they didn't have all their guys ready to go, and that that is the result of that. That's really all you have to say about this past weekend as a whole. The weather got weird. Uh, you know, the, this was not a, a classical weekend that, you know, we, we saw normally. And so this was a series that I think a lot of people were really looking forward to. And just kind of bit by bit, you saw things fall apart for the Nationals, whether it be an injury, uh, you know, with Kyle Schwarber, and then the fact that Trey Turner wasn't out there to begin the series, right? The fact that they didn't have a backup in Jordy Mercer that could play. The fact that Luis Avilon got thrown out, at, got thrown out to play second, and guess what? Strained both of his calves because he's never played second base before. This stuff, it's kind of almost comical, but this is the situation the Nationals are in right now, and it's a very difficult one, and it's not one. Um, you know, Trace Barrera, congratulations today on his first career hit, but he's not catcher one, and he's not catcher two either, right? And he was catcher one today because they had nobody else available with Jan Gomes uh, going down the injury, obviously Alex Vila, as I just mentioned, on the IL. So they've got to try and get healthy. And to be honest, with the way the division's played out this year, you know, they could get lucky, but this is the worst possible time for the Nats to get injured because they've got now seven games with two really good teams coming up. They've got seven games with the Padres, who are awesome at home, and they've got three after that with the Giants, who have been or are currently tied 
for first place in what has been the toughest division in baseball right now. So uh, then they're gonna have to go and win in a place where the Giants are 26 and 11. That's you know that's the Giants' record at home this year. So this road trip figures to be a very challenging one for the Nationals. This is where they got to see if they can grind out as many wins as possible. If they can go three and four on this road trip, and I'm saying that since it, three and four to me, okay, uh, all right. Especially if we don't know the status of some of their big guns. If they don't get back their bullpen arms during this stretch, three and four, would you really take that against the caliber of team they're about to face? Because they're about to, t- to face teams, two teams that are at the same caliber as the Dodgers they just faced. And we saw this ragtag group get absolutely steamrolled from the word go this se- go, uh, go this weekend. And so the National Series, it could be difficult. We're going to preview that full uh, Padres and National Series coming up tonight. Um, Javi, uh, Javier Reyes of Locked On Padres and I are going to record that tonight. It'll drop tomorrow morning, so you guys will have that available to you. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. And until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.